Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> oh, are we starting? Let's go ahead and start. Okay. We do really um, I think my, oh, fancy intros. I was like, my screen kept going dark, but it was because I was on low battery mode. You, this is a What's good, up? this is a really good uh, explanation place? of the two of us. Okay. You live life perpetually on low, in low power batter. mode. That's absolutely correct. And I, I would actually say, not to say you as a human, mm. you as all your devices. That's what I'm actually more oh, talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. No, I live on the edge. You and your devices. I, I, and I really do think there are two types of people in the world. There are, my shit's always fully charged. Yep. That's me. Hello. What's up? Or there's, something's dead. There's, something's dead. My things are always about to die. <laughs> and yeah. I can't count on the number of times you've been like, oh, that died. Oh, that died. I can't tell you the last time my laptop, my phone, any of those devices ever got to zero, ever turned off because they had no do power left. Do you want a freaking metal? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I like a metal that holds a certain amount of charge, and I like to keep that metal <laughs> fully charged up. Listen, I don't like danger, I wonder but if this I is like a, this little bit, bit of danger. I just being like, ooh, could it die? This is like our uh, our top sheet discussion that we had many episodes mm-hmm. ago where we brought out the true duveyors, who are us, but then also the evolved you know, ver- version of myself that became a top sheeter and I enjoyed the luxury of a top sheet. And I felt like, I, like you were living a lie, like I married a different person. I know. Also, can we just, not to circle back on the top sheet. Yeah. But the argument you always see about top sheet yeah. is like, it's more hygienic right. because it, I'm like, it, whether it's a sheet or a duvet, like it's you're going to wash it. It's something's thing. touching but it. But I think it's the one extra layer between the duvet. But you like, know? why does it matter what, the, there's you know an extra layer. No one wants to put the duvet cover back on the comforter. Okay, no well one then, wants to do then it. Then let's talk about that instead of talking about hygienic or not hygienic based on like what piece of fabric is touching you. You know what we should invent? Also, why are you so dirty? <laughs> you know what we should invent? What? It's coming from a dirt bird. Uh, that's Carol. She's a dirt bird. Uh, is a duvet cover, but that also has attached to one side of it a top sheet so that it's the double layer. And then you could just like Velcro it off and throw it in the wash. Anyway, that's Velcro. way too much uh, discussion about that. When we the have some Pramble to the Pramvel. Pramvel travel First story all, drama to share. Can't wait to share boom, it. Boom, boom, boom. I just want to give everyone an update because yes. people have people been go on your journey. <laughs> People go on your journeys. I am feeling so much better than the last few episodes. Yeah. And thank you for uh, joining us on the journey of my, of just like being a human being, which yeah. is like sometimes you're on a high, sometimes you're on a low. That was a little low point for like two weeks there. My eye condition was acting up, but we rested. And Quite a lot of rest. You made it through to the depths of Netflix, like to the end. I was like, I don't, I think I've watched it all. Like, yeah. I think I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I, do I get a completion badge? Like, right. what's up? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, this is typically how I work with like rest and just like taking a break or whatever is like, I go so hard that I almost on resting on resting yeah. that I get so like tired of resting Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I'm, I, I, the, the metaphor that I like to use is like, 
you're just sinking to the bottom of a pool, you know, and you're just like sinking, sinking, sinking. And then when you touch the bottom, you like bounce back up. You like propel yourself back up. That's my resting strategy is I just like sink and I sink and I'm like, Ooh, haven't showered in a few days. And then I sink a little bit further and I'm like, Ooh, eight hours of TV. That's too much. (laughs) And then I sink a little bit further and I'm like, do I have responsibilities? I don't know. And then I touch the bottom and I'm like, this doesn't feel good. And then I, I propel myself back up and I'm like, Ooh, going for a walk was nice. Ooh, like resting my eyes from Netflix was cool. Ooh, showering felt good. And that's my strategy. I feel like every parent listening to this is like, must be nice. Must be nice to be in the depths of rest. And you know, it is, which is why we don't have children yet. (laughs) And I'm curious to listen back to this. We'll have to put a little ear note in my ear to come back to this little brain ear note. Episode 136. Yeah. Once we have children, how does Carol deal with the depths I'm gonna, of rest? Because I think your pool is just going to be shallower. It's going to be I shallower. That's it. And I'm yeah. going to have to find new ways to sink faster and then to propel up faster. Yeah. But I also think like, I think part of why I'm sinking so deep into these little rest uh, recuperation sessions is because I know that we're nearing the end of this chapter of our lives where not we have kids. just not a single care in the world. Not a single kid in the world either. Not a single kid <laughs> in the world that I'm aware of. Jason, That's what we should. Not so- Okay. <laughs> All I'm right. Kidding. I did donate some sperm, and you just did never. You? No, I've never. What done have that. you did, and I you didn't, didn't tell me? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the pram bell okay. because that's already uh, a pram bell to the pram bell to the pram bell. Where we last left you, yeah. we had uh, driven from Scotland down to central England, called a town called Holmfirth. Yeah. And the Airbnb that we had picked out was actually one that we were quasi excited about because it looked like it was in this very small town. You you all know if you've listened to enough of our Pram Bells, like we love a small town vibe, mm-hmm. not a ton going on, but it was like an industrial type building mm-hmm. with like the big framed windows, mm-hmm. higher ceilings, and it just looked like, oh, this is going to be like a nice, like, And it was kind of like in stay. this little valley with like yeah. some cows nearby and some tr- lots of trees. So it had this like treehouse vibe. And I'll say, once we got there, I will say immediately, usually like the second we walk through the door our brains are like computing the Instagram versus reality of it all of like, what have we had in our head versus what is it? And I will say immediately upon entering, I was like, okay, I knew it was an apartment, but this is like an apartment complex that feels like it was a very old building and they like kind of updated it. But like, just enough. They they went (laughs) as far as the common areas. Yeah. If anybody has ever stayed in like a, a cheap hotel where they've just quote unquote renovated and you're like, "Mm, but did you, like these right. floors kind of feel like you just took them off the out of the box and like They're set like them on the ground. They're like a little warpy, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's very thin, th- everything felt thin. Anyways, the the positive side of the place that we absolutely loved was this main living area had these gorgeous industrial windows yeah. that looked out onto like a running stream and all of these trees. So you yeah. felt very much like you were in this like tree house, which I loved. Yeah. And it, it was a little smaller than I think we had anticipated because yes. what they the photos did, did it justice. What they didn't show you in the photo is how small the bathrooms are, how small the... Well, tell them how small the bathrooms are. Uh, Jason couldn't fit on one of the toilets. I physically could not sit on one of the toilets because in Europe, y'all love your towel warmer racks. Yeah, and, and I I'm... don't understand why these exist. It is an <laughs> unnecessary feature of a bathroom that makes no logical and sense also, to me and it just takes up space. There was nowhere to hang a towel warmer because you gotta have the towel warmer yeah. in this one bathroom. And so they hung it right where your legs would sit if you were sitting on the toilet. Yeah. And so even I am sitting on the toilet like and I had to, sideways. you had to sit yeah. sideways. Yeah. I'm like, 
Yeah. That's Who wants to poop sideways? <laughs> Everyone wants to poop forward. <laughs> poop We're forward. poop forward type of people. Okay, so, so okay. I will link up the the Airbnb in case you want to get a visual. For yeah. those of you who just love listening I to this and like say, click through. I will say my other positive that I have to say just yeah. to like make my heart okay is like the, the host was very gracious and extremely, very lovely. Extremely nice host. But none of the things that we've even mentioned were necessarily knocks against the place. Yeah. This was just like the thing that happens whenever you go to an Airbnb, which is just you live the reality versus the photos. And so we were like, okay, by the second day, we got totally acclimated to all those things. Yeah. Stri- strike number one. Let's hear it. Was Jason. Not even the toilet that no, I couldn't no, no. sit on. Because there was a second toilet, which was nice. emailed ahead and asked about the Wi-Fi situation. Because if you remember the Sawmill Cottage in Scotland, we had abysmal wi-fi and it really i mean it was listed as wi-fi there was no wi-fi and this was supposed to be our summer of like getting a lot of work done before we have a very busy fall travel schedule and so jason went ahead and the host was like oh yeah we have fiber like it's not a big deal like it's very fast forever when they use the word fiber you usually like great this is at least passable internet right we get there couldn't upload a video could Could not not upload upload a video video. and and that's not to say that like i need it to be blazing fast it's that I needed to hit 1% on an upload faster than 30 minutes that it took for it to get. Right. So that was strike number one. And unfortunately, I messaged our host. I said, hey, like I'm having trouble uploading a video. And he started to look into it because, again, great host. And he was like, yeah, it looks like I've been paying for fiber and I literally don't have it. Like, like at, at some point it got turned off because we noticed the the name of the Wi-Fi network did not reset. match yeah. what the login instructions were. And so anyway, we we discovered for him that yeah. his, they had and turned they off his fiber. couldn't get it fixed. We were going to be there for two and a half weeks is how long we were supposed to stay. But listen, yeah. we're adaptable. We can hang. We've done it before. Cottaged. We'll do yeah. it again. Yeah. And so we just figured a little coffee shop. So we said, we'll go to the coffee shop when we have to upload things. Which we'll, worked out great because I got got extra pastries and extra coffee. Right. Win-win for me. It's win-win. So, but it was a strike. Yeah. It was a strike. Yeah. Strike number two happens about four days into yes. our stay. And this is actually a, quite a funny story because we are watching movies. Yes. We are on the couch. <laughs> oh, I want to mention. Yeah. Largest TV we've ever had in Airbnb. Oh, the TV? 75 inch TV. And listen, I love a big TV. I, I actually, at one point in my life, I had an 89-inch TV that was a sponsored thing yeah. way back in the Irish Shirt days. Too big. It was it, the it was not a living room. It was a TV with a couch next to it. That was the <laughs> living room. Uh, it was just too big. This TV was perfection in size for the room. It just was lovely. So anyway, I just want to set the stage. Very happy we watching yeah, movies. That was really cool. So we, yeah. we that's why we were watching movies because we were like, gotta use this TV. We're watching it and we're on the couch together. <laughs> and I I'm like babe and he's like what and i'm like that is bad and he's like what do you mean and i'm like that you farted like that's really bad and he's like he's like no 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 no. you farted no 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 you farted we argued for like five we don't even have a dog minutes. anymore that we, we can blame argued it on the dog five minutes yeah. i was like oh my god he's really committing to this lie because Which, i i knew that i hadn't yeah and most so of the time I was like, i'll deny it for like a minute but then i'll just laugh because it's just no, farts are funny it. who are you kidding you deny it for five seconds like yeah. normally because you know that you did it, you'll just own up to it. Yeah. Or I know I did it, so I'll own up, up, up to it. We were both like in a stalemate of like not owning a up to stalemate, it. Stalemate, very stalemate. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, "This is atrocious." And I was like, "Why is he committing to this lie? Like, yeah. I know I didn't do it, so it must have been him." Okay, turns out neither of us farted. Yeah. Jason gets up and he's like, "What is this?" And he goes, "There's a bathroom that's closer to the living room." Yeah. This and, is the one where I could fit on the toilet. And there is like a sewage smell coming from the. I've, Started sink. to find out the sink. Yeah, like I smelled the toilet first, and I was like, "Oh, it's actually not strong." How as close the did toilet. you get to the toilet to smell it? I mean, closer than I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. Right. A- approaching, you know, 
closer okay. than I want it to be. Right. And and yeah, so I, I find this smell and I'm like, oh wow, yeah, it's coming from the sink drain. Like, and you know, you know this building's old, it has been renovated. Sewage issues can happen, mm-hmm. and actually, we've stayed in places before, like in Lisbon. Actually, in our Lisbon, second there place, was like kind of a weird there was a little smell, bit like of a smell. at night that yeah. would come out of the certain drain. times. And like, listen, it just happens. Yeah. But the problem with this one is that it was not leaving, it and wasn't. it was getting stronger. It was so strong, you all. Like it was like I was like, this is some like methane gas type. Yeah. This is like so chemi- I don't know. I, that was strike two because it lingered all the way into the next day, and, yeah. and we were just kind of like, we're gonna leave it and not mention it, and just like it would go away. It didn't go away, so. I I sent a message to those who's like, oh, this actually happened like one other time. One other time. It should just go away, run some hot water. Yeah. No, this isn't even a strike. I ran hot water for three minutes in the sink. The sink started leaking from the bottom. Yeah, you didn't, it didn't even, even tell, tell me about Caroline. That. Didn't I was just like, you. okay, I'm turning the sink off. I'm not doing this. <laughs> so uh, I sent him a message with some photos, and I was he was like, Well, I can have a plumber come by tomorrow. And I said, Okay, well, let's just like see what happens one more day. So that's strike number two. Yeah. Now let's go strike number three, which was the next night. It was the next night yeah. while we were waiting out the smell. Yeah. We are sleeping in a tiny bedroom. Yeah. And it's hot. Yeah. And we've just gotten to sleep. There's no AC. There's no AC. And at 4 a.m. 4 o'clock in the morning, yeah. Jason and I are startled to our absolute heights yeah. out of our slumber by the loudest fire alarm fire alarm that you've heard carbon monoxide alarm it wasn't just in our unit it was like everywhere no no it was just in our unit it was our unit yeah yeah, yeah. okay because well, that's, loud that's enough. the thing so it's four o'clock in the morning and actually two nights before it had beeped a little bit it beeped at like 7 p.m and it was just like we were sitting in the living room and, like, and it was like beep boop beep boop we're like what was that and we like looked but around but then it went away out. it wasn't like so this at 4 a.m went off for like 30 seconds nonstop. In our bedroom, right above where we were sleeping, in the living room, and so we get up and and we're just you're it's four a.m. We're frazzled. We're oh in your God, deep REM also, sleep. And from my perspective, you're fine because you're like this is just an inconvenience. Yeah. My brain is like we are in an apartment unit at the very top floor of this apartment complex with very thin hallways. The and it's the very last unit. Yeah. I don't know what the fire code is, but you can't get out of this building yeah. without going down one stairwell and past all of these other so i'm like if there's an actual fire we're fu- we're screwed yeah but here's the thing we weren't because those walls were so thin in that renovated place just would bust <laughs> right through them uh so anyway so anyway i'm having that experience where yes. i'm like is this fake or is this real so we're trying to figure it out we pop our heads out into the hallway not a single other person's door is open yeah we've seen other people's like shoes in the hallway so we know other people are there we walk down the hallway we had to put some clothes on we walk down the hallway No one else, no sound, nothing. Yeah. We go back in our place and now we're at that awkward stage of sleep where you're like, do I fall back asleep? Is it going to happen again? So even me, someone who never feels anxiety, I'm just laying there waiting for this alarm to... And my heart is just racing. And also I'm like, then also the dots are getting connected where I'm like, I know I made the joke about the methane gas, but I'm like, is there some type of gas that's being emitted? Was from it the car- from the sewage yeah, thing? Yeah. Is it a leak? It Was that the carbon monoxide detector? It's not your house. You don't know the sounds. So wrapping all of this up, three strikes are out. Three strikes are so out. So I sent the host a message. Actually, I didn't. So we, three strikes are out that morning of the fire alarm, 4 a.m. We, we both, said- We both fell back asleep. I got up at like six. I couldn't sleep anymore. I started looking at Airbnbs around the area. Yes. Now, the only side caveat to this, because we could have gone anywhere, and our next spot was in the south of, of, England. The, of England, which we'll share some stories about uh, in future episodes. But 
we we were gonna surprise a Waymer. Yeah. Who and this was one hour away from Homefirth was where she lived, and so we wanted to drive to to meet up and like do this whole surprise thing. Uh, and so we couldn't move that far away because right. we didn't want to like have to stop the so surprise. So we had to triangulate this area where it was like not that far from our next destination then because yeah. we didn't want to go in the opposite direction because that would be a longer drive for me. At this yeah. point, my eyes are bothering me. So we're like, we have to pick a place that's like close to where we are currently at yep. Homefirth, close to where our next place is going to be, but then not too far away from where we're supposed to meet this Waymer. So it was yeah. kind of a weird thing. It really was. So it, it, Not it to got, mention, by the way, this is last minute. Yeah, th- and it's I mean, in the height of summer. There's, there's There were three options that we essentially found. Right. And we ended up choosing one in a small town called Waddington, which is right outside of Clitheroe. Mm-hmm. And the host was very lovely. I sent a message. I just said like, hey, we're dealing. I just, I didn't, I saved her all the details. I just yeah. said, we're dealing with a sewage issue. Uh, we have to change Airbnbs. Is there any way we can, I see your place is available. Could we come today mm-hmm. and, and like get out of this place? And she wrote back and she was like, I can make it happen. Like the cleaners are actually there now, like blah, blah, blah. So we booked it. We were just like, we're going to book it. We're going to do it. Like we set up a contingency fund in our savings for this to happen. Because when you're staying at so far as of recording this, 28 different Mm -hmm. Airbnbs slash hotels, something going to go wrong. And it did. Uh, So we, we booked that place. Then I sent a message to the host and I basically just said like, hey, you've been really great, but three strikes are out. Like we just can't, I can't sleep a night in this place with a sewage smell and a potential alarm going off. I just don't feel when great. When we weren't even that comfortable to begin with. We weren't even that be comfortable because honest. of the flimsy floors, which they weren't <laughs> flimsy, but they felt like it. Uh, and he wrote back and he was like, I feel so terrible. He felt so bad. He was so lovely. Yeah. He said, my wife and I have never had these issues. Which like, broke my heart. I was like, oh, yeah. are we the taboo? Like, I don't nope, know. Nope. Totally. He totally understood. He, I asked if there was any way we could get a partial refund because it was a no cancellation thing. He was like, I'll absolutely partially refund you the nights you're not going to be there. so nice of him. And he could have really fought us on it and he didn't at all. Which is just great. And it just goes to show you that if you're just honest with people and you're just truthful with people, you know, in this full-time travel life, people will do the right thing, I think, for the most time. And we've just found that with Airbnb hosts... When you book places that have people with good reviews, most of the time they're always going to treat you well in these situations, yeah. which is really nice. Which is so, why we go so far as to pick places with good reviews. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that morning, we essentially just start packing. So we yeah. just, I, I give you the the choices in the morning. We make the choice. We book. I let our hosts know. And we just pack up. We did, before we left home for us, go to our favorite burger place called <laughs> yeah. Lou and Joe's. Because yeah. when I tell you this burger was delicious. I mean, we were only there for a week and we went three times. That tells you. Yeah. And I'm still still feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I miss it. Like I wish we could go back again. It was so delicious. It was just a cute little place. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, the sad thing was, is that after those couple days, Homeforth was really growing on us. It was so growing on us. It was such a cute little town that you could walk around. It had these little parks, like it had a community vibe. The coffee shop that I found, I really loved. They did a great little pour over V60 coffee. Uh, the little grocery store I really liked. It's just like everything started to click into place. Yeah. We found a really good dinner restaurant that was very fun to sit outside and like, all of the charm of this town that we had found was was just basically like about to leave. Mm-hmm. And so that was the only bummer. But we we ended up packing up the car. Uh, we drove, I think it was about an hour and a half to get to our replacement place in Waddington. And it was a replacement place. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those where we would never have picked it, but we were so grateful to have an option. Yeah. And truthfully, I will say that I think the shining uh, like star of this place is that we ended up staying in the UK heat wave at the mm-hmm. place in Waddington 
and the place did not get hot. It did not get hot. We were so fortunate. The way that it had just enough light for me to feel okay, but it was just shaded enough yeah. that it just didn't heat up during the day. We, we did have fans we on the fans. whole time, but yeah. And so, you know, we, we rode that kind of heat wave and came out relatively unscathed. There was one night where it was kind of uncomfortable to sleep. Yeah. But, and then there was like tons of sheep, like very close to the place. So we got to walk every day and say, hey, the, the irony. The is- irony is that the industrial place in Holmfirth was called the Woolery and yes. it had this like sheep theme. Yeah. And then we go to Waddington and there's real sheep. like In the backyard. In the backyard. Yeah. Basically. That we got to say hello to. They didn't care about us at all, but it was very cute. Um, okay. So that kind of like gets you caught up on the drama the that drama we experienced. That, it's our first real Airbnb drama. Do we want to talk about surprising Rachelly to wrap up the Prambell? Sure. We can just okay. end with that. We, um, I don't know if Rachelly listens to our podcast, which is kind of either. funny. But um, we really, you know, we wish we could say and meet up with like every single oh one of our Waymers or yeah. even just listeners. Like we would love that. But the reality as you, if you've been listening to our episodes, the reality of this whole year and process is that it's hard on me. And like, it's amazing and it's wonderful and I would never trade it for the world. And it's hard on my body. It's hard on my energy. It's hard yeah. on all the things. And so we have to be really careful and the timing has to work out just right to be able to do these meetups. Um, oh, it's raining. Cute. 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 Um, and, but one meetup that we knew we really wanted to try and make happen if we could was to meet up with, I would go as far as to say, and I don't think anyone inside the Wayne community would disagree. No disagreement. That she is sort of the mayor of Wayne. She's I would, the mayor she's of Wayne. She's the mayor of Wayne. Yeah. She, uh, she's the mayor of Wayne, and she's also the queen of the Sneak Peek Club. She, she told is me recently, the queen of the Sneak Peek Club. Which is fantastic. She, she loves, loves the Sneak Peek. She loves the surprise. Her name is Rachel, yes. but she goes by Rachelly. Yeah, that's kind of her like online persona. And, um, She's just a delightful human. She was our second ever paying Waymer. Second ever paying Waymer back in 2018. She's so mad about that because she wanted to be the first. Yeah. But Nikki uh, ended up swooping in, and I guess I think Rachel had to like go do something for like an hour. Uh, but that she always carries that with her, which is like, hilarious. Man. And so anyway, it was just, you know, it, we wanted to make this happen if possible because, you know, you want to these people who you've known online for years and years, but you've never met in person. Like it's just such a fun thing to be able to meet in real life and chat. And, um, Rachel and I always joke that we're twins because we just have so many of the same isms, like Enneagram four, highly sensitive person, like just like can relate on so many levels. You're both creative in a lot of ways. And so, yeah. So we orchestrated this whole surprise. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go into this just very quickly. So another Waymer, Kim, hello, Kim. I know you listen to our podcast. You're amazing. Uh, she, thank you for being our accomplice. She hates secrets. (laughs) And and, And yeah. And just like it was tearing at her core to yeah. keep this from Rachelly because they talk but she was helping us set this up so the whole idea was the whole setup the was whole setup that. was Kim was going to come up and meet Rachelly we weren't going to be there there was no right. mention of us it was, it was just, just they were going to meet up yeah. but we were going to show up yeah. no Kim there it's us yeah and Kim helped the us set this up switch so through a ton of uh, slack direct messaging we plotted we created these plans we set the date we did all these things and we finally get close to it and like the day of Kim sending me messages through WhatsApp, she's like, Oh, I kind of messed up in my story. She's like, uh, you know, I, I said I was going to be there on this time, but like, I don't think she noticed. And like, it's just, it's hilarious. So, great. so we get to the parking lot yeah. of the restaurant. I had scouted out, made yeah. a reservation for, told Kim to tell Rachel. Which by the way is really weird because we had to choose a restaurant that would be convenient for us to drive. Cause it, we was like an hour away, yeah. but we have to then somehow relay to Kim that she has to convince Rachel to going, meet at yeah. this restaurant. Like, yeah. Oh, I've just been really wanting to try out this, this spot. place. So we get to the parking lot. We're about 20 minutes early because 
got to be early. And the parking lot's basically empty. Yeah. So we kind of park in like the far side of it. Imagine there's like two rows of cars. We parked on the right side, tried to be inconspicuous. We didn't back in so you couldn't see us. Everyone loves backing into spots in the UK, by Definitely. the way. Uh, so we're sitting there and then like car by car, people start to show up because this is around lunchtime. And so like uh, a car will pull up like, oh, no, that's a dude, not Ray Chili. Yeah. A car will pull up like, nope, that's two older ladies, not Ray Chili. One person showed up and we've never met Ray Chili in person. We're like, is that her? And then we had to watch because it's like kind of far away. We're like, uh, no, that's not her. Yeah. And then finally, it's like right, like two minutes past the time we were supposed to meet. A car pulls up. The person takes a little bit longer to get out of their car. And we're like, like oh, oh, that could that be her. Could She's be like her. sending messages. That's what I would or, do. I'd sit know, there. I would kind of. Getting ready, like composing yourself. And she pops out and we go, that's her. And so we hop out of the car and we didn't want to like run and like scream and surprise because that would, you know, be scary for you. That and was Rachel scary for is similar me. to you. And I ran up and she saw us from afar and she just was she like, was, no, no, no. Which was my favorite reaction ever. Yeah. Like I, like in total disbelief, it was so, first of all, surprises, I'll never do it again. It was too you much You hate pressure. it. You were dying in the car. I, in the car, I was just like, I hate this. We both this had to pee really badly but too. But <laughs> I would do it again because it was so special and so fun. And we had such a nice lunch and just got to chat and... Yeah, yeah, it was, it was so lovely. And so that great. that really made our whole week is just being able to do that. Especially a redemption from the three strikes you're out Airbnb that exactly. just really put a damper on that part of our exactly. trip. But Rachelly lifted it up. Great to meet her. Rachelly, you're awesome. If you listen to this, Kim, thank you again Kim, so thank much. Thank you. All the other Waymers, we wish we could meet you in person, and maybe we will over time. We shall see. All right, let's wrap up the Prim Bell and let's get into denting or not. The, the universe. universe. Yeah, so the let's get into the meat of the episode. The inspiration for this episode came from just an, uh, a thing that I heard in passing. I was watching a YouTube video of a creator building a studio. Name them. Name shame No. <laughs> building this huge studio uh, to film classes and online courses and things like that. You've seen these videos of people building oh, yeah. out their studio. At the very end... The person was like, I hope you've enjoyed watching this. And like, it was like a hundred thousand dollar studio. Yeah. So it's like a big, big deal. They were like, I, you know, I hope you've enjoyed watching this, but we just wanted to create a classroom that was worthy of teaching the entire world. Yeah. And it, and in that moment, it felt very like big and expansive the way that that sentence is supposed to sound. But my immediate thought after hearing it was like, why do we need to? teach the entire world like what an what an ostentatiously large ambition you know and I think that's the point of it so this whole episode I just want to talk about this notion of this this idea that our ambitions have to be so astronomically large in order to have an impact and I want to kind of deconstruct where this notion comes from how people sometimes use it as I think a marketing tactic yeah um and then also to uh, maybe give some of you listening permission to not feel guilt over not wanting to build a huge change the world type of ambition. Yeah. And I think just starting off like right off the bat is that like you, you just don't have to reach millions or thousands of people to make a big impact. That's what I want the takeaway to be. For like sure. You just, you really don't. And I think there's this idea that if you're not, reaching so many people that you're not actually making a difference. And I just feel like there's so much that goes along with that, that isn't talked about. And we're hoping to talk about in this, but also it just, it puts so much stress and pressure on you, the creator, the business owner, the human, the mom, the dad, the parent, like the, the person to try and do this big thing for what? Exactly. Like, so I want to actually talk about this and how this has shown up in like online creator culture. So uh, there's this 
I want to talk a little bit about the messaging and the phrases that we hear very often. So, and maybe we'll put this in the title, maybe we won't, but this idea of putting a dent in the universe. Yeah. So I actually didn't know that this quote came from Steve Jobs. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't. You mentioned it. And I right. Was like, well, it seems so right. like the, I looked up the original quote and I don't know the full context of when Steve Jobs said this. But isn't it great just to pull quotes out of context? I do love an un- I do love a uh, quote lacking context. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a joke. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to do it. So the quote is, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Why else even be here? And I think that this often gets cited as, you know, this like inspiring message, right? Of like, we're all humans. We're only here for a short amount of time. Like we're here to make a difference. We're here to like change the world. And the reason it sounds inspiring is because the very notion of being inspired means looking to something bigger than yourself, you know, or being called to your better self or your higher self or your other self. But in doing that, this, this phrase of, we've heard it in so many different places, um, putting a dent in the universe. I feel like it has been proliferated so much. And then you end up feeling like the entire, especially online business creator culture, but I'm lumping in like startup culture and things like that too, gets to this place where you start to feel like if I don't have some type of mission that is supposed to impact the world on a humongous scale that I, my business is not worthy or my time is not worthy. Or it's like that second part of the quote, I feel like is the insidious part, which is why else even be here? It's like, I can think of a million reasons why to be here other than making a dent in the universe. It's like, how about just the very notion of being alive and having air in our lungs and like experiencing this weird thing we call life. Why is that not good enough? You know? And I think one of the things for us, like, especially when we started wandering gameplay in 2018, I really wanted like a mission that didn't feel like a big mission. Like I wanted a very just kind of like simple, again, the name wandering aim fleet. Like we're wandering. We're not like changing and we're not growing and we're not impacting and we're not all these things. And there's nothing wrong with doing those things, but I just wanted something that felt like it would be calming. And it mm-hmm. would be, if we just had eventually 1000 customers that would be enough. Like we would never need to reach more people than that. And we can make a huge impact in those people's lives. And now we've seen that. Like we actually have had over the course of the existence of our business, a thousand customers. And I do feel like we make a meaningful impact for those people. And that feels like enough. Yeah. I feel like this is the tension that's sort of at the crux of what I want to talk about, which is that I'm not saying that we shouldn't aspire to greatness or I, or that we shouldn't want to impact the world or any of those things. I'm just saying that's one perspective. Yeah. And I think that some people find a tremendous amount of value in this default state of striving. And I certainly used to be that way at one time in my life. I think it changes throughout your life and depending on who the person is, I found a lot of value and fulfillment in striving and, and dreaming and hoping and you know, evolving and like all of these very like active towards the future postures. But the older I get and the more, the more I see the trade-offs that come with that type of way of doing life of the striving constantly. And I find myself, you can get into this imbalance of constantly looking towards the future, constantly striving, constantly trying to achieve, achieve, achieve. And now I find myself in a little bit more of what you just described, which is a more peaceful place of being in the present and being and things being a little bit more simple, a little bit more satisfied, a little bit more content of just looking around and going, I can just be, I don't have to constantly go, go, go. And I know it's not the same thing, but I think there's some type of connection there between 
a worldview that says I have to go out and impact millions in order to make this life worth living because why else be here versus, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to find some things that I like to do in this life and I'm going to try to, you know, make a positive impact on the people around me. Yeah. But there's nothing that says that that has to be, that can't be 10 people versus 10 million people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there's just this notion of like leaving a legacy behind. Mm-hmm. And I think this is such an ego driven thing that we do as humans where you got to be remembered for making change. You got to be remembered for impacting and you got to be remembered for, you know, spurring some type of new innovation of doing something. It's like, or, or you could just not be remembered and like, right. that's okay too. Right. You could just have existed and like it been okay. And you weren't constantly striving and stressed out and overwhelmed and like, well, you and I are very much aligned on this. Like, and I remember us having a conversation about this years ago because I do think this notion of legacy is very romanticized and I don't want to totally just like shit on it because I think that there are people who it's important to them. It's a value to them and, and that's their paradigm on life. And I'm, I don't want to take that away from them yeah. and I don't want to tell them that that's not important, but just speaking for you and I personally, we very much align on this, which is, yeah, what if it doesn't matter when I'm gone? Yeah. Because wouldn't that bring more value to the time that I spend here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just you and I have always been the same way of that, of like trying to remove that ego piece that says that like after we leave, that there needs to be some Everyone needs of- to remember Wandering Aimfully <laughs> when we're dead. <laughs> but it's like, and, and again, going back to like, I don't, I, it's not binary to me. It's not black and white. It's not saying that like impact or trying to change the world is a bad thing. I'm certainly not saying that because- I definitely do subscribe to the idea that I want to leave the world a better place because of the actions that I took while I was here. It's just that I don't need to be remembered for that. And I don't need to quantify that impact in terms of millions of people or in terms of some vision that goes beyond just what organically grows out of the gifts that I want to like utilize and put into the world. Does that make sense? Do you want to talk about your second quote here? This, uh, or it's not necessarily a quote, but it's like a popular phrase. Yeah. So kind of speaking on, so that was the kind of dent in the universe idea, but I remember something that's like an offshoot of this a couple of years ago. And I think it's still around, but I remember stumbling across this quote that said, if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Has anyone like we've all seen this on Instagram and like whatever. If you're asking for people to like raise their hand if they've heard raise this, your hand if we're you... on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> raise so, your hand if yeah. you have seen this on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but I remember stumbling across that quote, and this is so connected to this idea where I just was like, "What?" Yeah. Like, and again, I understand where it's coming from. I get that it's meant to be inspiring. I get that it's meant to motivate you to try to dream bigger and and challenge yourself and and spark your courage and. And to the degree that it does that, it's great. But what I don't love that it does as a side effect is I think the way that it's phrased by saying they aren't big enough, it's making you feel like if you don't have some grand ambition, you are not good enough. Yeah. You are too scared. Yeah. But my, my like retort to that is like, who wants to be scared all the time? Like, I remember being like, there was like a couple of years ago, I, it was probably because this had seeped into my head and I was like, maybe I need to say yes to more speaking engagements. Cause I was getting a lot of requests for doing speaking and there was a part of me that really enjoyed it. Um, but there was also a big part of me that it, it requires travel and it requires a lot. It, it took a lot of anxiety for me. Like when I did my TEDx or whatever, like that was so anxiety inducing or, and a lot of kind of 
speeches around that time were so anxiety inducing. But because I listened to all this messaging, I was like, oh, well, like that's a good sign that I need to do it more and blah, 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 blah. And I finally woke up to this place where I was like, Mm, I don't want to be anxious all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like what if, what if it does scare me? And what if I have now chosen that I don't want to be scared all the time? Yeah. And like, why, why can't I choose that? There there is so much room for motivation. And and I think that like, as two people who run an unboring coaching program, like our goal is to motivate people. Our goal is to inspire people to do stuff, but it's to like, it's, it's almost like an inspiration to stay small. It's an inspiration to be okay with the fact that you have 200 followers on Instagram 500 email subscribers, you get a couple hundred customers over the lifetime of running your business and it's enough to like give you a fulfilling life that you can also make an impact in your community in small ways. You can do some wealth redistribution. You can feel good about the work that you're doing in giving scholarships to some people. Like you can do all those things, but it can be at a very small scale. If only to provide an antithesis or a pushback to this notion that if you don't grow bigger, that you're not important. Right. Like I want to be someone, I hope that what people get out of this podcast is a voice of two people saying what you're doing is enough. Like it is. And that doesn't mean that you can't want it to be bigger. It doesn't mean that you can't want to grow and evolve. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't want to leave an impact on the world. I just don't want you to spend time feeling like your work doesn't matter because it doesn't reach some quantifiable like masses, you know? Uh, as the person who says more eloquent things than I do sure. in life, do you have a quote you want to replace that quote with? Um, yeah, the one that always kind of, ins- the phrase that came up for me when I would come across that quote is I would just say to myself, dream deeper, not bigger. And so when, what that means to me is instead of the focus being on this, again, on like this quantifiable bigness, it's more about the trueness. It's about dream dreams that are authentically tied to your values and what you want out of your life. So if that's small, it's small. If it's big, it's big. If it's neither of those things, it's neither of those things. Like I just think that this idea of the size being what we focus on is putting our attention in the wrong place. I think the attention needs to be put on dreaming dreams that are authentic to you and your values. Fantastic. From here, let's talk about the size and scope of the internet and how just because we can connect to everyone in the world doesn't mean we absolutely need to or feel the pressure to. Right. And so as we were talking about this, I think I was asking myself, why is this? Like, why do we now feel this need to impact millions of people? Because I... I hope that you listener have seen it like I've seen it, which is this is so often in like mission statements of worlds, right? Like it's like, I want to reach a million teachers. If it's like that audience yeah. of teachers or uh, we want to change a million. It's just, it's always a million. Why yeah. is it always a million? Yeah. Or it's just like, I want to help every female entrepreneur do in the X, world, you yeah. know? And it's like, Everyone, every single one you want to help. Also, you think you can, you know, like (laughs) just like it's so ego driven, these messages. And and I think part of the thing that really stands out to us and especially as I mean, really, as we've been traveling too, is just the focus of like your own community, the focus of like your, your small group of people around you, like going back a little bit in time. And I know that, listen, like we're not saying anything that people aren't already doing and starting with impact in your local community. And I definitely, we'd want to talk about like the online business part of this too. And we've got some more of that in a minute, but I really do think some of this is really just like taking a step back from this millions of people to like the couple hundred in your community. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say is 
when I ask myself where this messaging has come from, I think so much of it has come from the, the internet, the, the technological revolution that was caused by connecting, you know, and not everyone in the world is on the internet, but like, I think we can all agree by now the world is connected through the internet. And so this technology has enabled these numbers that we've never seen before. And that I think is one of those situations where it's like, but just because you can now connect to millions of people doesn't mean that you should connect to millions of people. Also doesn't mean it feels good to exactly. be connected to a lot of people. And, and I think like that, again, as I'm saying, like shifting into the online business part of this, having a smaller audience of customers, subscribers, followers, et cetera, and making an impact with those people as two people who have smaller audiences, quote unquote, as compared to a lot of the people that you think about who have large audiences I feel like we make an impact and I feel good about the fact that we aren't stressed out by our audience exactly, sizes. Exactly, because it's balancing the impact that you can make on the people that you're trying to share your talents with, balancing that with not then overextending yourself to do that. Yeah. Because then it's like, then you're sacrificing everything that you, you know, and you're only going to, it's only going to lead you to burnout. But I just think there's something to that idea of balancing like, the the things that you're pouring out of yourself and the things that you're taking from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really, I see this too as like, we'll have someone sign up for Wandering Gamefully. They'll send us an email. I will write back as I just think you would when someone pays you for a product. And the person will write back and be like, I've bought so many things and I never hear back from the person that I buy from. Right. And again, like that's no criticism of the people that they're buying from to say that they're running their businesses wrong. But I just think like, well, what are those people probably doing then? They're probably just focusing always on churn and burn. Like they're just trying to get more customers, more things, more money, more everything. And they're losing the connection and the impact that they actually make with each individual person. And I just like, I want to hit home the point that like we have seen this in spades that staying small intentionally and not trying to grow for growth's sake has created such a great connection with our customers and with our followers and with our subscribers. And I don't even like to use those types of words, just like the people that we have a connection with, our community. Yeah. People that you folks listening to this podcast, like you send an email, I will write back. Caroline won't write back. She doesn't check the inbox. But I will write back to you and you will hear from a person. And that is something I always want to be able to do. So intentionally, we don't do things to grow beyond the means of keeping up with that. Right. And if you're someone who you know you like managing a team, you know you like that's something that's important to you in your business is like kind of building out this group of people that can then maybe you can then serve a larger community, but define that for yourself and know that that is within your capability. But I think a lot of people that listen to our show are people who maybe are solopreneurs or have maybe, you know, an assistant or like want to stay small. And, and again, what I hope that this podcast does is just provide another voice saying you don't necessarily have to subscribe to these huge world changing mission ideas in order to be impactful. And I also wonder like what at the root of subscribing to those ideas are you trying to do? Are you trying to make a lot of money? Well, do you actually need a lot of money? Because what are you trying to do with that money? Are you actually trying to like really like inspire change and make an impact and do all that? Like, okay, that's, that's a wonderful ambition, but, but, are you really the person to do that? Like, do you have the qualifications? Do you have the things? Do you have the energy? Do you have all of the stuff that goes along with that? And I think for a lot of people, the real answer is no. And that's okay. And that's okay. Exactly. Like this is not, this is not meant to be reverse inspirational. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like, 
Don't try. Don't have dreams. Don't have dreams. Don't you dream. (laughs) Stop doing that. It's not to discourage you. It's just to be honest about what you actually really want. I I think that's the point of what you're trying to say. Um, I do think it's worth also talking about and examining further some of the more like nefarious parts of this type of messaging. Yeah. Because so far we've been talking about it and examining it in a way that takes it at face value by saying like, yeah, what if you are someone who actually really does want to make an impact on the world at, at a large scale? But in my opinion, and, and I'm not usually the cynical one in you our really relationship. Aren't. It's but, usually me. But this is something that I've just seen a lot lately. I think some of these bigger businesses, the startups, the big creators, personally, I think that sometimes they hide their own ego-driven hyper-growth ambition behind this notion of changing the world because if they can wrap it in an altruistic package by saying like who's going to argue with like oh i want to i want to positively impact the entire world i want to end world hunger i want to get rid of all these things i want who's going to argue with that right but what i think some of them not all of them but some of them are doing is going I just want to grow, grow, grow. I want to have more people, especially for some of the online creators. I want to have more people following me. I want to be able to have the clout that comes with these number of subscribers and number of, I I want to pad my bank account. Like again, not to be so cynical about it, but I believe that some of them are hiding their ego inside of an altruistic package. And that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, again, I go back to this idea that a lot of people are, customers of these people and they're not getting treated like the people that the people at the top are saying they're treat, wanting to treat everybody if that makes sense mm-hmm. right where it's like i want to impact everybody i want to inspire change i want to motivate people and it's like someone it's buys like, their thing yeah and then, and then they, they never hear from they them. never hear from them so it's like, like how am i supposed to be inspired man yeah. or woman or person like it's just yeah. it's not actually the thing that they're ending up doing and listen we're not trying to paint a whole picture here like bob ross and mm-hmm. say that every person who is trying to to reach any of these large goals or ambitious things is doing a bad job because some people are doing fantastic things. Some people yeah, are, changing, are the changing the world. Some people, but I just think, especially like as we're just talking about, as we always do in the online business space, using this as a mission is really just a way to kind of like use a lazy marketing tactic. Right. Because they know that the second that you say, join me and change the world for X, Y, and Z people's ears are going to perk up. That yeah. It's a very compelling marketing message and, you know, again, that does not to say that there isn't some truth in it. The only thing that I want people to take away from this particular section, because you and I don't typically like to be just like critical for uh, critical sake, it's to have a more discerning eye when you're out there in kind of the internet yeah. and, and you're thinking about who to learn from and you're thinking about what courses to Which buy. Which videos to click on. I just, the next time you see some type of messaging around this idea of help me change, you know, a million lives or do this or like bring this to the entire world. I just want your spidey senses to go up just a little bit yeah. and go, do I think this person is coming from an authentic place or do I think that I'm being marketed to right now, you know, in a way to just try to persuade me? Yeah. I think it's right. worth asking. Where do you want to go from here? We've got a couple more bullets here in our notes. We have notes. We're so fancy. We're so fancy. Now that you're back, we have notes. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about that is another reason why I think this is worth questioning is because I was listening to a book. I think it was the book 4,000 Weeks. And it was just an offhanded data point. But they said that 
they had done like a research project over at Amazon. This is like many, many years ago. And, um, they were like, they found that loading, like the, the whole point of it was talking about delayed gratification or instant gratification and how we're so impatient. And so just as an offhanded comment, he was like, they did a test that said for every extra second that it took to load the homepage of Amazon, they lost something like a billion dollars in revenue or something a year. Yeah. And I was like, hold on. (laughs) I was like one second, a billion dollars in revenue. And what you get with what it just like illustrated to me is when you get to have a scale so big as something like an Amazon, positive change goes a long way, but negative change also goes a long way. Right? Like it just illustrated for me, like the impact that such a tiny ripple in that huge pond can have. And it kind of scared me. I was like, wait, like that's the scale that we're talking about here. And the tiniest thing, one second to the biggest amount of money, a billion or whatever it was. It's not fun to think about that. It's not fun to think about. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary to think about. And yeah. so it just, I don't know. It just, it, it, it kind of highlighted for something in my brain about some of these missions to like bring whatever it is to like an entire world. It's like, okay, yes, good things can, you know, go a really long way, but bad things can go a really long way too. Yeah. And also Which I think we've seen with some of these things like Facebooks of the world oh, wow, and, wow, the, wow. and you know, the environmental impacts of like an Amazon. Also, and are we like super old because we still call it Facebook and it's called meta? Like, are we still like, well, are, the, the app is called Facebook. It's still called Facebook. That's how the old I am. I don't meta? know what it's called anymore. I don't, I don't even know how to Do keep up. Do you think are going to stick to this whole metaverse thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because unfortunately, That's they're denting the go. universe. Okay, they are denting the universe. Uh, let's talk about some some biz owner stuff for our business owners who listen to this show, and maybe they're feeling reverse inspired, which is great. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Uh, I think one of the things that like we really want to come across through in this episode is that you just don't have to be a big anything or have a large anything in your business to make an impact. Absolutely. And I feel like our little podcast is a really good example of that. For those of you that listen, I know it's a very meta example. Watch out. What's up, Mark? (laughs) Don't sue us. Uh, We don't have the money to keep up. Uh, Is that in just real truthful honesty, we get a thousand listeners to this show a week. One thousand. Yeah. That is enough. It is plenty. We get emails. We love all of you. Very often from people saying, thank you for this episode. It completely changed my mind in this. Thank you for these 10 episodes that like now it's shifted my entire business to a whole different direction that I feel so much more uncomfortable in control with. Thank you for talking about cinnamon rolls ad nauseum for months and months and months during the pandemic because what else was I going to talk about? <laughs> you know, it's just like these things matter to people and the size of them don't have to be very big. Mm-mm, the size of them altogether. Yeah. And certainly the size of them individually. And the size of a cinnamon roll. And I'll take any size. I'd prefer a larger one, but I'll take a smaller one. Do you see where now you're just trying to... Fit cinnamon rolls into the now conversation? Now your mission is going to be, I, I miss cinnamon. To... I miss American cinnamon rolls. I should say that. I really Whoa. do. Yeah, I really do. Is it the yeah. only thing? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some other biz stuff here uh, to kind of like wrap things up. Well, as we... no, I think it's related to what you were just saying, which is let us kind of be an example to show you that you actually don't need these big, as big of numbers as you might think that you do. Yeah. And again, if you want to go for it, that's not just, but just like have a real reason why that's not an ego driven reason. Like actually boil it down to, 
I want to create generational wealth for my family for the next five generations where we've never had genera generational wealth before. Great. That's a great mission for you if that's something that stands out to you. You know, I want to invest in my community and like really build up like the community center that we've needed a refurbishment on forever. And my business feels like a conduit to be able to make that happen. Awesome. That's like a very tangible, practical goal. Like yeah. I mean, I, I think defining a size of audience is helpful because of the enough factor. And for those of you who don't know, it's like defining the size of the container that you're, that you will feel satisfied, helps you feel satisfied when you reach that number. Yeah. But I'm also okay with this idea that we don't actually need to define the size of our audience in we order just to make it impactful. We just don't have to choose for it to be big. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's going back to my point about dream deeper and truer instead of bigger. It's yeah. like this, this hyper focus on size is actually irrelevant. I think yeah. like let it happen organically. And, and like I said, to the degree that defining a size of audience will help you feel satisfied. Great. But not to the degree that it's going to make you feel not good enough if you don't reach it. Yeah. And I, I think for us, one of the, th the best things that we did when we started Wandering Aimfully was through a lot of experimentation, through a lot of trial and error, we figured out a price point for our product. Then we figured out the amount of customers that it would take to reach our enough number, our revenue number every month. And that number basically came out to 200 customers per month. If 200 customers were paying us a recurring payment per month, we would have enough to live the lives that we want, to be able to travel the world, to be able to do all of these things. And that to me felt very empowering because 200 people is a very small amount of people. We're not denting the universe. We're not putting a speck in the side of the universe. We're not even near the universe at this point. Like it is so small and infinitesimal in the grand scheme of things. And I love that because it feels doable. And the irony is that because we defined that number, and we didn't try to get to it too fast that we overextended ourselves and like burnt out and we're are just like caught up in trying to do all these things. I can be a, a more mentally healthy version of myself, which means I can reach, you know, cultivate relationships within my family. It means I can be a better partner to you. It means that my interpersonal relationships are stronger which then means that I think that is making an impact on like a global scale if we all do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that there's a lot to be said for the folks that are constantly in striving mode and in like want to change the world mode. Like the people closest to them and around them probably tend to get ignored because right because are you all the time so and energy, focused on the big yeah. dream that it's actually causing you to overextend yourself and then yeah. You the lack of you, impact. Of yeah, you can't actually you. make an impact. And again, not trying to just like paint broad strokes over everybody, but just saying like, no, that's what you run into when you're constantly striving and trying to grow. Yeah, and all I want to do with this podcast is provide some food for thought. This is these are the rambling conversations that you and I always have, where yeah. we just go like, what does this mean, and like, where did this come from, and why do we think this way? But if there's kind of two big takeaways that I want people to have from this episode is just to number one, be able to recognize when these big businesses are hiding their hyper growth and ego based ambitions behind an impact mission. Yeah. I think that's valuable of being able to discern when that's happening, but then also just to let go of the guilt or the belief that your business has to be a certain size in order to be impactful or in order for you to matter. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can have a couple hundred customers. You can sell, to a couple clients every single year. You can just make a very small impact, but it's still an impact and it's still gonna feel satisfying and maybe it won't be stressful. Maybe it won't be overwhelming. Maybe it won't 
keep you up at night and working 16 hour days because you feel like you're constantly trying to keep up with everything. Yeah. And instead you can just live a more comfortable, manageable, calm life. Like that's a much better version of living. Enjoy the experience that it is to be human. Cause yeah. we're only here for none of us knows how long. I mean, I know exactly how long I'm going to live. Yeah. Would you want to know if someone told you exactly like when you were going to die? Yeah, I think so. Oh no. I think because I think it would change like my outlook on every single day, you know? Mm. That's true, but like as like, someone who deals with anxiety... Well, that for you would be very difficult. It's better that I don't... Like, it's better the days that I forget yeah. that I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I shouldn't Just so need know, to frame every day yar. like that. Just to know, yeah. I know. Yeah. And my therapist has tried to work with me on this, but... <laughs> and every goop ball listening to this knows... Every single goop ball. Every goop ball knows you're going to die. You're going to die. And that's just part of life, you mm-hmm. know? And that's what happens. Uh, anyway, that was our episode. Uh, we hope you got some reverse inspiration from it. You know, are we going to bring back our movies? Because we've been doing movie nights. We have been doing some movie nights. Uh, we have a lot of different segments here. We need to really, like, figure well, this out if we want to do that. Well, who says that you need to have less segments? Oh, I, no one says anything. It's, I'm just saying maybe in the future we bring back This movies. is the most unfocused podcast I think anybody listens to, for sure. We just go all over the place. But that's a great thing, yeah. you know? Uh, all right. I think that's it. I think we're going to wrap up. Call it good. Great. I don't have anything else I need to uh, to go over. I don't have any addendums. I'm so grateful that I'm feeling better. I'm so grateful that we're on this trip together. Hey, we just hit 200 days. We just hit 200 days. It's hard to believe. Our stories are a little bit lagging behind, but don't. they're still fun. So I think you all are enjoying our travel stories. But as of recording this, we just passed the 200 days traveling full-time mark. I can't believe that. It's amazing. And I think you counted we're at our 28th bed of the year, yeah. <laughs> which is wild. So many. For those of you who don't travel... I want you to think about sleeping in 28 very unique beds. It is They all a bizarre, have their own They really do. shortcomings. And, and I think I mentioned this. Oh, I didn't mention this because we haven't talked about the last place that we stayed, but like boy, Europe really does bed sizes uniquely. Because I'm not even saying just I'm just saying like we've stayed in like nine king beds that are all very different sizes. And none of them are the kings that we slept in in the United States. This is very true. That I didn't expect, but I just mean like some of them are like so long that my feet don't hang off the edge. And then other ones aren't. But then those other ones are like the one we have now. We're like, this is a queen bed. And some of them are just two twins put together. Which is actually good. Like, yeah, I no, we like, like that. that. We like the separate duvets, as we talked about. You know, I'm going to also invent that duvet with the top sheet Velcro to it. I think it's going to go over well. Not in our bed. Okay, everybody, that's it. We're done. We're rambling here at the end. Let's get up. We're going to go to the leisure center and do some leisuring. We love to leisure. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. See ya. Goodbye.